Kia ora. Welcome to 168 Days of Magic. This is the podcast that invites you to empower your creative spirit and get stuck into a project that nourishes, nurtures and excites you. Each episode, we'll be looking at how mindfulness, productivity and creativity all come together to give you the power, stamina and resilience to bring something new into the world. My name's Jordan Harcourt-Hughes and I'm an artist living on New Zealand's stunning Kapiti Coast, which is just an hour north of Wellington. I'll be your host and creative champion on this journey and I'll also be introducing you to some other wonderful people along the way, including some of our other local artists, wellbeing practitioners and life coaches to help us on our journey. So welcome to the last episode of series one of the podcast today. It's great to have you with me. We've got a real focus on finishing today. So we'll be talking about the art of the creative retreat to help you do a deep dive into your work to help it get across the line. My podcast chat is with Nadine Green, the owner of Organised. And I'll also be talking you through five steps to help you finish your creative project. So why do a creative project? A creative project helps us to practice our clear, courageous and authentic voice. We use our work to speak about the things that we believe in. Says Neil Gaiman, the one thing that you have that no one else has is you. Your voice, your mind, your story, your vision. So write and draw and build and play and dance and live as only you can. So today I'm talking about five steps to finishing your creative project. Now, finishing can be tricky. The fun part is often over. We've kind of got the real hard work that comes before we can actually get something out the door. But really, if we look at the steps you can take to finishing a project and chunking it down and looking at it bit by bit, it can actually make it easier. So I thought I would give you five steps uh, and see how you go. And I wanted to do that because we're really reaching the end of this first series of the podcast and I wanted to provide some guidance on that finishing phase as I also go into that finishing phase of my own creative project. So the first tip I have for you is look inwards. Sometimes the things that come up when we move through the phases of a creative project have nothing to do with the work. They have lots to do with ourselves, our fears, our trepidations and our concerns about what happens when we share a piece of ourselves with the world. So it can be helpful to really think about if there might be something that's hidden deep inside that's kind of holding you up a little bit. Are you worried about what happens when people see this side of you? Are you worried about how your creative project will be received when you put it out there? You might be nervous that it'll it'll be overly critiqued or people won't see your talent or it won't land the way you want it to. And all of these things can subconsciously, I think, help us to slow down and stop our work. And we may not even realize that it's going on. So if you have found that your creative project has slowed down, have a think about what's going on internally and are there some fears that you can work through to help you feel more confident and more more equipped to, to really be with the project when it's out there when you're feeling vulnerable because remember this is part of the journey putting something out into the world requires us to be strong and resilient but it's also a gift to the world this is our creative talent this is our insight and knowledge and our own selves and you know this is why we're here we are here to share this uh, talent and these passions that we have this is what makes the world a better place but it can take a bit of a leap to do that so Have a think, you know, look inwards. Is there something that you might be worried about that you could get help or coaching with to help get your creative project across the line so you're not worried overly about what happens when it's out in the world? The other thing I think that is good to think about as you get towards the end 
of a creative project is learning the art of patience. Now, patience is very, very hard when you're looking to get something finished, but really what we sometimes need to do when we're finishing a creative project really is to slow down and look at the detail. This is things like doing the checking and the proofing and the reviewing and the testing to make sure that you're really doing that quality assurance part of the work to make sure that the project is good, that you're putting something out there that's been checked and uh, that, that will actually help you feel more confident even though it's hard because really at the end of a project you're tired, you're over it, you feel like you've done all the good stuff and now you know really you're, you want to move on to the next thing. But before you move on to the next thing, slow down. Build those muscles in being patient. Uh, be patient with the final bits that require you to really drill down and look at how it's all working you know, and if there's anything that you need to fix or tweak or improve on to have it have a better um, birth into the world and so that people will be able to engage with it in the way that you really want them to. So the end of a project isn't the time for rushing. If anything, it's the time to slow down. So learn the art of patience. It will do amazing things for you. The other thing I, I thought is that it's really good to re reward yourself at this stage. So the creative project journey can be a long, hard slog. And as you get to the end, it gets longer and harder because really that initial momentum can sometimes fall away and you're just left with the work. So it's always nice to reward yourself. My thoughts are that you should just have little treats along the way that help you get across the line with the milestones. So, you know, they may not be big treats because remember, you wanna save a big treat or a big reward when you actually get this project out into the world. But there's no harm in giving yourself a few carrots along the way to help you reach those individual milestones. So think about how you can build that into your schedule so you've got things to look forward to and that you feel rewarded for accomplishing some of these really hard things that you've kind of you've lost your energy for, you've lost your, your passion for, but they're so important to finishing that they're really crucial and you should feel rewarded and you should feel very proud to get across these parts of it, which can be really the toughest parts of a creative project. The other thing I think is really helpful is to start talking about the work. Now, this does a few things. It warms people up to the fact that you're doing this thing. It can really help people be there for you they can be very encouraging they can ask you how you're going when will it launch where are you up to with it and in a way that also keeps you accountable it keeps you accountable to them and to the project and just the fact that you know it's out there in people's minds and imaginations means that it can help you regain that momentum because you've you've essentially done a, a pre-launch because you've started talking about it and that can really help you stay with the project and commit to getting it across the line because you've essentially told people about it they're going to be waiting for this thing you don't want to let them down you don't want to look foolish now you're really committed and that can be very very helpful uh, and it also can start to build your audience as well so you really want to be able to start talking about why you're doing the project, what you're hoping to get out of it, because that is part of building engagement and building an audience that is actually going to be interested in this piece of work once you get it out into the world. And they are very, very important. So you want to start you know, thinking about how you start having these conversations, how, how you start telling this narrative about the work, because really you don't want to do that after the product is launched. You want to do that in the lead up. Any kind of project will have a completion and ideally someone that the project serves. So you want to be talking with the people that this project is for to make sure that they're prepped and ready and enthusiastic and excited about what, it, what the world will look like when this project comes to fruition. 
And finally, I think starting your evaluation process is really helpful when you're getting to the end of a project. And there's a few reasons for this. Firstly, because it's the perfect time to be really taking stock of learnings and insights and how you've grown. And those things can start to help you feel very proud of the work that you've done because you'll start to see really how far you've come and how much you've achieved. And that can be crucial when you're very tired and you've lost momentum and you're really sick of the work and you know you just want to forget about it and go and do something fun. Reviewing and evaluating how much you've grown as a creative person and how much this project has taught you can really bolster you at this time. And really, it's a great segue from this project into the next thing. So you, it's a great time to be thinking about what happens after this creative project is done and out in the world. Do you do version two or do you do something bigger and better? Or is there a, a second creative project that's you know a continuation? And actually moving your mindset into configuring that new thing will actually help you release your, your mindset from this thing. So, you know, releasing this creative project is a process and evaluating and thinking through what it's done for us is a part of that release and it's healthy and it's timely and it really helps flush out all of the thoughts that we've had, you know, and it helps us also to capture what we haven't yet done. It's, it's kind of a housekeeping activity. So if we haven't done things either, we need to get them done as part of this finishing part of the project, or we need to move them into a new project that could be further along the line. So that's a great housekeeping one. It's great for emotional and mental and creative and spiritual processing. And it really helps us get really to that holistic finishing line. So those are my five tips to finishing your creative project. I hope they're helpful. So my podcast chat is with Nadine Green today, owner of Organised. Nadine says, I started my small business because I understand the role stress plays in situations that have become overwhelming. Stress can slowly creep up on us and our home spaces can go from being manageable to chaotic. Finding the time to get on top of it or not knowing where to start can feel like a huge hurdle. Nadine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Now, you're passionate about helping people to live simply, and you talk about a direct link between our physical spaces and our emotional well-being. What does that mean for people on a day-to-day -day basis and in terms of managing space to enhance our lives? Right, well, I think it's um, so important to feel happy and relaxed in our home environments. Sometimes, you know, we can feel a bit overwhelmed by the kind of chaoticness of our physical surroundings. And this can really affect our mood and our energy levels. So it's good to stop and sort of notice how your spaces make you feel. If you feel there's room for improvement, aim to make changes that can bring you the greater sense of joy and happiness. So people come to me for help when they're feeling overwhelmed with the amount of stuff in their spaces or they're after some ideas on storage solutions um, to help keep their belongings organised or Sometimes I just help people create space so they have room to take up a new hobby. So creating space in your physical surroundings can free up space mentally uh, to allow your creativity to flow sort of more naturally. So, wow. Do you have a favourite colour palette for interior spaces? For me, I love soft, calming, natural colours, mm. um, but I also appreciate moody, dark colour schemes and dramatic colour schemes as well also appeal to me. So. I guess I'd love to have multiple homes yeah. and <laughs> use completely different colour schemes in each. But having well-utilised spaces and always as much light as possible uh, would be probably top of my list. Yeah, that sounds great. 
So creating spaces that make us feel good obviously has a huge visual component, but what about the other senses? How does touch and smell come into play? Um, so spaces that make us feel good are a little bit about how they visually appeal, absolutely, but function's also really important to me and what I do. Yes. If you have a beautifully styled house that doesn't work for the needs of the people mm. in it, it wouldn't necessarily be a happy space to live in. But definitely surrounding yourself with items that make you happy is key, and touch and smell definitely can enhance, enhance those sort of happy feelings. Yeah. And so functional just means how you actually use the space, doesn't yeah, it? Like so, how you live your life. Yeah, so there's never a, a, a set rule for how things work for people. Everyone's got different needs. Some people have children that have lots of things or do lots of sports. Other people have lots of hobbies and they, yeah, it's just about kind of making it work for, mm. for your individual needs really. Yeah. How often do you think we need to take a fresh look at the spaces that kind of we live and work in? I think there's no set time for rethinking the way we are living in our spaces. If you have that happy, sort of relaxed feeling in, in your home environment, then there's no need to make changes. On the other hand, if you are feeling overwhelmed or stressed in that space, then it's probably a good time to rethink the areas and work out <clears throat> what is or isn't working well. So again, having well-functioning spaces that work for everyone is really key. There's definitely no set rules, but a lot of people are happier when items in their home have designated places. Mm. So everyone knows where to put things, but more importantly, where to find things. Yeah. So we all know that kind of feeling when we're rushing out the door and we, we're running late and we can't find the things that we need. So yeah, it just creates a bit of stress. So it's all about simplifying the spaces you have and trying to reduce that kind of stressful feeling. Yeah, yeah. nice. So Nadine, what kind of storage solutions do you offer? There's you know, a range of different options that we can think about and different systems work for different spaces, but um, I really love using repurposed storage options. So things like beautiful vintage pieces that, um, that, were, that once belonged to someone, a beautiful storage box or something um, that has a little bit of history behind them, always is obviously nice um, in terms of having something different, but also... Um, Planet-wise, it's earth-friendly to repurpose things rather than buying new, and so... And it probably adds a nice eclectic touch as well, doesn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it just gives a bit of interest. Um, yeah. What is yeah. it going for? Um, and there's, it's, it's really interesting to hear and just remind ourselves that there are so many ways to just reduce our, our need for new things. Yes, yes, that's exactly right, yeah, yeah. yeah. yes. So um, in terms of creative people who are starting a project, looking to really enjoy it, but actually get it finished and across the line, um, how does space come into that? Right, so having designated spaces for things really helps because, um, you know, if you've got too many projects on the go at one time, they can sort of all meld into each other and, um, yeah, and it, and it gets tricky to, to sort of focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. And so creating the space first and obviously, you know, if you've got things that you're, you're not working on and that you no longer want to work on, then maybe rehoming those so yes. that you can create the space for the thing that's important to you at the time. Yeah, and then that makes it really intentional, doesn't it? Yeah. So you're not yeah. just creating a project, you're creating a space to do it in and getting rid of everything else yeah. so you can then focus on that's that That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, that's yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's always um, the overwhelming factor comes in quite yeah. a bit. If there's always you know, too many things or too much, and that's a lot of what I do is just helping people decide what things that they really don't want in their space and what things they really do want in their space yeah. and what's important to them. Yeah. And as soon as you do that, everything feels a bit, bit more, more calm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I hope you've enjoyed my chat with Nadine today. If you'd like to find more about her and her business, you can visit her website, organised.nz. Stepping away from business for a while, we can learn how to use creativity to find solutions to problems, work through issues, reconnect with ourselves, have fun and be in the moment. We don't have to be in a creative profession or think of ourselves as creative to get something out of such retreats. The best help us to gently unfold and unleash the creativity that we all have, whether we're writers, dancers, gardeners or accountants, entrepreneurs or home-based parents. So says Carolyn Sleager-Jones. Sarah Firth on Medium also talks about the art of the creative retreat. She says, whether solo or not, retreats create a unique space for reflection, emergence and planning. It's important. This is exactly why businesses have end-of-year reflection workshops and team planning retreats. The benefits are huge. It's an investment. Without quality time thinking outside the box, generating new work and thinking strategically are very hard. So I support those ideas and today we're going to be looking at the idea of the creative retreat and it's particularly valuable for me at the moment because I'm in one. I have stepped aside from my day-to-day life for two weeks to uh, have time out, to work on finishing and getting my creative project across the line and I know the value of these retreats. I've done them before. I haven't actually done a two-week retreat before. I've definitely had long weekends, one-day retreats, you know, all of these little pockets of time dedicated to really just uh, being present with my creative work but this is a big one I'm really excited about it but I also know after a very busy year that I really need it if I'm really committed to this creative project and getting it across the line I also know that I need to commit the time and materials to do that and when you're really in the depths of something like a big creative project sometimes it really it's exactly what you need to put everything else aside but one of the things I will talk about in this piece on creative retreats is it's not just about the work it's about time out and time out can be really valuable for the processing side of creative work and uh, it can give us what we need in terms of new ideas, connecting the dots with the work that we've already done and just having time to refresh our senses. Uh, That's a huge part of it. So one of the uh, basic fundamentals of project delivery are looking at the time and materials that you've got and what you really need uh, to deliver a creative project. I've decided to do 16 final illustrations for my book project. So this is the illustrated version of the novel that I'm working on. And I've got probably about 32 ideas for illustrations at the moment, but they're really just ideas. And one of the challenges that I've had with this project is that I haven't had long stretches of time to think about it. So I do a little bit and then I go away and live my busy life. I come back and I do a bit more. And while that's good for doing little brain dumps and and kind of developing parts of ideas, it's very, very hard to then bring them all together cohesively. And the cohesion is what I don't have at the moment. The connective tissue between the story and the creative work is really something that I need to focus on. So what I'm looking to do is really just push everything aside and really focus on how everything works together. That's really the challenge that I've got at the moment. So for me, the benefit of a retreat is that it is really just pushing everything else aside. It's, it's, 
It's a purposeful, intentional step into creativity where we are focusing on being present with our work. And one of the ways that we can be present with our work is just minimize distractions. And this is a key part of a retreat. So whether you're doing a one day retreat, a weekend retreat, or like me, a two weekend retreat, uh, a two week retreat, sorry. There are definite things that I think are helpful to the process. So the first is talking about your intentions with others so that they understand. So I've been talking about my retreat with my work colleagues, with my family, with my husband, and they're all pretty clear that I'm gonna make this time to do this work. I've been quite clear about the schedule for the retreat, that it's two weeks and every day I'm going to be in the studio from the time that I get up to uh, 11 o'clock in the morning or kind of lunchtime. So that is my time that I've carved out for the creative work. And then I've also been clear about the afternoons are really free for anything. So walks with hubby, uh, time with the dog, coffee with friends, evenings out, all of that is up for grabs because really for me that's the fun, relaxing part of the retreat that's also very helpful, that's helping me kind of move out of what has been a very busy time and get more into a relaxed state where I'm I've had the chance to unwind, I've had the chance to digest and process my life, and I've got the I've got the ability to just enjoy reflection, restoration and rest as well as having this creative time. One of the other things I'm doing is really just being happy with going dark. Now, this idea of going dark is that, is that we're not too worried about what's going on in the outside world and we're not too worried with connecting with the outside world. It's kind of like a little bit like going into your cave. So I'm going to be in the studio. I probably won't be doing a lot on social media. I probably won't be talking too much online. I'm going to be cutting out a lot of my usual practices. And that's really just to go inwards and have real me time and to not really worry too much about the outside world. Um, this is really just my space where I'm accountable to myself. I'm creating space that my ideas can come fully into my head and, and, be, and surround myself with them really. So I'm looking forward to what this uh, retreat will bring. I'm excited to be sharing more about how the work progresses. Um, you won't hear any more project updates from me in this series of the podcast, given it's the last episode, but I will be continuing to share the work as it evolves uh, online. And then you can stay tuned for series two when we come back to podcast activity again. But I really encourage you, if you're able to, to think about how a creative retreat could work for you. Um, and of course, one of the nice things about creativity and creative retreats is the time at the end of the day to celebrate. So having a celebration is a really key part of any retreat, I think. So having some time out, having things that we enjoy. Um, I'm enjoying having evenings with my family, uh, a glass of wine with hubby. Um, I'm booked in for a massage this morning, so I'm gonna go and enjoy that. If you have the time and the opportunity, I highly encourage you to do a creative retreat, particularly if you're finding that you've, you've come up with some struggles or you've made some progress with your work, but you really need to carve out some special time to progress that creative project. So that's me. I'm off to my massage. Um, I hope your creative project's going well, and I look forward to updating you in due course in how my work is going.